It's finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jacob and Lawrence, who really needs to get a new intro because that shit has gotten kind of stale. But nonetheless, this is the Believe in NXT podcast. I'm your host. I got my co-host, my tag team partner. I have the Jay Uso to the Jimmy. Because you really can't tell okay. my part anyway, but, you know, either way. Seth, how you doing today? It's great, man. We, um, I told you so. Wow. Okay, that's how we start. That's how we're gonna start. I told you so. I'd say act like you've been here before, but you clearly haven't. So go ahead. <clears throat> Let me climb up on the top of this high horse. Because <laughs> um, not too often I can get up here, but once I get up here, I talk my shit. Um, titles relinquished. We're scrambling. We're going right back to the same thing we had except the limitless one is gone. So what's the next best thing to do? Fatal four-way match between four of the NXT greats called, maybe you call them NXT's Mount Rushmore. Um, only, only cool thing out of this is that somebody's going to be a two-time NXT champion. And since it's going to actually legit be a 60-minute match, it's probably going to be a match of the year candidate. Yeah. And um, before we just dive into things, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at underscore J Della. Said is at said underscore says. That's C E W D underscore S A Y S. Don't know why I blinked on your name. And last but not least, don't forget to follow the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe they are at Believe Podcast, which is spelled B L E A V Podcast, all one word? And now that we got that out the way, yeah, um, I feel like Choppa. Is, is Chopper not a two-time champ? Uh, Gargano, I feel like one of them should be two-time already. I felt like that too, but I don't, I'm not sure. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think so. I think that's how they're building this. Let me just go ahead and check this real quick. But yeah, we have a very um, eventful but uneventful episode of NXT to recap with your Saturday morning audio dope. Because a lot happened, but also it felt like nothing happened. It's a perfect way to describe it. Got a good bit to get through. So, how about we just go ahead and start taking... Why don't we just start show taking the trash off? That, is that where you want to start? I, and you can pick. You you always tee off where we go, so you can pick. Is all your... Sir? Did you hear that? No, I didn't. Okay, never mind. I finally found the air horns, but for some reason, they're not playing. <laughs> <laughs> you get to nothing. Don't worry. We'll edit it in uh, post-production. I don't know why it's not working, but okay. I hear it on my end. Anyway, since you want to take the trash out, we can start with Santos Escobar defending his Cruiserweight title against Isaiah Swerve Scott in a match that... Hmm, I won't say I was underwhelmed by this match. I thought it was a good match, and I thought... Um, Unlike my counterpart, I thought that this was going to be 
clean. Um, not clean at all. We actually saw some interference happen. We saw uh, Bruzenko come make the save. And we saw something very weird at the end of the match that um, I guess it's going to be a thing going forward. And I'm just going to comp- compare this to Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, with his uh, loaded glove gimmick. Because Escobar puts on a mask. Uh, and shout out to Stu Bennett for uh, the backstory on the mask saying that he was actually uh, very reputable long saying luchador that used to wear a mask in ring but he headbutted swerve scott and then swerve went comatose after the headbutt <laughs> which you normally don't see and it makes you think like what the hell could possibly be in the mask that's loaded and wouldn't it hurt you too because it's the headbutt but that's neither here or there because uh no don't matter in wrestling no 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 i'll explain that one but go ahead Either way, uh, Escobar continues on as NXT Cruiserweight Champion, and it leads you to wonder who is going to be the next challenger. Yeah, I don't think this is over. I think we're going to run this back again. And um, just real quick, were were you impressed by this matchup? Did you enjoy this match? Impressed is a very strong word. God damn. I would not say impressed was... I would like to say what I said. I, I wasn't underwhelmed. Um, you say I, t- I tolerated this matchup. Jesus Christ! Where is the bar for like being for ha- for calling a good match from Escobar? Like, what's the bar? The Big Show height? Like, Jesus! Just gotta, it just has to be better. Do something that doesn't just 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 be better. Just be better. That's all I can say. All right, so. I'm actually yeah. very upset that you can't hear these air horns. Like, I, <laughs> I'm still on that. Like, maybe we'll hear them in post production. We'll, we'll check like, post production. So excited about this, like, and I hear nothing over here. But um, uh, yeah, that whole mask—it could be loaded, but loaded on one side. Where let's assume there was like a weight or something in there where only one side of it. And if you're leading with it, it's not really going to hurt you as much. Plus, when you watched Escobar put the mask on, you could tell there was something clearly in the middle of it. Right in the forehead area. Could you? Yeah. Camera angle might have uh, cut away really fast on that then. I'm like I'm watching it now. And you see him put it on, and he pulls it tight. It looks a little big in the middle, just a little thick in the middle. So again, that 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 like poses the question that shouldn't that hurt him too? Because he did a headbutt. I put a pad on one end of something. It's not going to hurt me as much as it's going to hurt you. You say so. I hit you. So many questions. It's like wearing a helmet. But yeah, you can tell it was a little thick. Like when Escobar was putting it on, he like pinched down and checked it. He's like, okay, it's still there. Also, great work by whichever one that was, Mendoza or Wild, where he came through and before he hopped on the apron, he threw it off to the side. Like very subtle sleight of hand. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do appreciate that as well. And um yeah, this this isn't over because we get a six man street fight next week because Brizongo came through to run off Wild and Mendoza, 
Hopefully that breaks into the tag team title suit. Six man street fight. Here we go with the six man matches again. Hey man, you gotta do something. It's Super Tuesday. You gotta do something. And yeah, Swerve sold that. Like Swerve was down and out. Super out. Knew he wasn't kicking out. Hey, those lights are on and we don't those lights are off and we don't think anybody's coming home anytime soon. You, so okay. So let's let's play devil's advocate here. All right. Cause you feel like Swerve's gonna run his back, and rightfully so, because he um he lost via some shenanigans. Now, um, with that being said, if he didn't get a a rematch, who should be the next guy? Would it be like a Kushida? <sighs> well, let's see. Jake Atlas got his ass decimated again because I swear the last two times I saw Jake Atlas, he was getting his ass decimated. Man, he so, deserved that. <laughs> so we'll we'll get to that in a bit. So Atlas is out the question. I think Drake Maverick is kind of wrapped up in a little three way situation with uh, UE and Killian Dane, which we'll get into. So Kushida Birch Lorkin. Hey, I don't know. Like uh, possibly Jobber Lee. Title shots? At least be in a feud. I mean, shit, you gotta do something. It wouldn't be a Jobber then. No, no, there'll still be a Jobber. You just get your ass whooped the whole time. It's one-sided, one-way traffic. Hmm. It's a showcase. Okay. So I'm gonna try this again. I use Rakuten to get cash back and oh. store it online. <laughs> so you heard that. That's not what was supposed to happen. But... By the way, um, we think that this is going to continue. And yes, yeah, so since you since you mentioned Jake, you want to you want to run that real quick? Oh uh, yeah, it should take us about as long as that match took. Um... Yeah, that match was extremely fast. Yeah. Um, Jake Atlas was fed to, fed to a returning Champa, who I didn't think would actually have a, a match per se, let alone a match versus a cruiserweight. And he pretty much just got Jake Atlas out of here really quick and then snapped post match and uh, pretty much looked like the Champa of old before he ever got the title. Which is a welcome sight, at least. I think Hill Champa is his best version. He's really in his bag when he's kind of that mini Randy Orton. Uh, but for the past several months, we've seen Ciampa in a different light as the face of NXT. Uh, he's been more of a sympathetic figure because uh, of the broken neck. And he's kind of been that flag bearer for the black and yellow brand. So it beckons the question, like, why, why do this now? The only thing that I can think is... You're going to go heel DIY at some point to bolster your tag team division. Does that hurt or help these guys, though? It helps them because it's kind of just like, hey, you know, let's just go take over things real quick. Because you could easily play this like the angle that you just half-ass played out with Sasha and Bailey that Austin and Triple H played in the early 2000s. But it's like they they were running the DIY bangle back 
And that's that's where really all of my anger comes from, because that's when you had Johnny Gargano turn on Chapo for no reason. And the same night that you had the match with uh, Mustache Mountain. Yeah, that's like one of our first shows, and we've talked about that still. And still, I say it made sense. No, it made sense. It made sense. It made sense, man. It made sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right, look. So you can tell by Jacob's laughter. That means he heard that. That means we got sound. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna love this. All right. So you said it makes sense, and I and I and I think a heel DIY actually is a little bit entertaining for the division, uh, especially now that we finally have a babyface tag team leading the uh, forefront, which we'll get to in a sec. Um, needless to say, um, Jake Atlas is not going to be a part of that. Cruiserweight title picture for some time, it seems like. Yeah, it's just, uh, is it unfortunate. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. I don't know. I, I guess they, I guess I could see Jake Atlas getting a push because pretty damn good in the ring. Um, they're still trying to flesh out his character a little bit more, but and you talk about, uh, Champa, I mean, we know where his trajectory is, and I feel like if we didn't have this start of the show, then Champa would have been where we thought he would be. Unless they're doing the whole like we you you call Carrie and the Fiend 2.0, and it's like if you change after fighting Carrie, and that's the only reason his heel turn would make sense. That or I'll do you one better. It's more so that Champa has been fed up. Like Champa's just like, you know what? It's cool. I just don't I don't care anymore. I'm tired of being the face of NXT. Like I'm tired of it. it got me nothing. Being heart and soul, nothing. Like I don't care anymore. Yeah, all I want about. is Goldie. That's all. It's just that, like, I need my edge back. All I care about is Goldie, and I don't give a damn about any of you or what I got to do to get there. Problem is, like, there's, like, it seems like everybody else is thinking the exact same way. Like, the exact same way. Which, uh, we might as well talk about that. Um, to open the show, we started with Scarlett and Carrie on Cross. Uh, badass entrance, as usual. Carrie and Cross walking to the ring in a sling. And that ring shit noticeable. Yeah. Ring a bell. Um, looked familiar because it looked just like when Finn Balor came to the ring with a sling, his arm in a sling. So the separated shoulder that he received, trying to toss Keith Lee, um, worse than imagined. So, I mean, What's the timeline on a bad shoulder? I mean, it could probably be like, like six to nine. That's what I say. Depending upon exactly how bad that shoulder is, we might not see him to till Rumble Mania season somewhere in that ballpark. Right. I mean, that's a tough injury because you got to 
Like you pop it back into place, but then you have the ligament and tendon damage as a result. Remember when Randy Orton dislocated his shoulder when he was uh, signaling for an RKO? Yep. And that was weird. He was just pounding on the mat, and then just just popped out. I think he still completed everything, but it's just unfortunate how that can happen. Um, so, needs to say, all this talk of them booking themselves into a corner was absolutely right. Book yourself into a corner, and here we are. Releasing the title. I thought the way they did it was kind of cool with putting the title down, the smoke still there, and then the hourglass. So it's like, but we've seen this, we've seen this whole thing before. <laughs> you push a guy to the moon, they get hurt, ruin all your storyline plans for like the next several months to a year. They virtually never reach that pinnacle again. Cause they because now you look you're viewed as untrustworthy. They can't trust you to be the flag bearer. So I, I can almost guarantee that when Karen Cross does come back, he almost certainly won't be in. I mean, he'll probably be undefeated and stuff like that, but it'll be a while before they put a title on him again. You are shitting me. You are. No, I'm serious. They, they, they won't do it because he, they're going to say, hey, we can't rely on you because you got hurt. We don't want to take that risk again. So he's not going to come through just nerfing people again and get right into the title picture. He'll have some squash matches and stuff like that, but he won't be in the title picture. They did the same thing with Dolph Ziggler. They did the same thing with Finn Balor. It's just, it just, and I will argue that none of them are as hot, even Finn, none of them were as hot as Karen Cross has been made out to be. I'm willing to bet you brunch, WrestleMania weekend, if WrestleMania is still a thing. That when Cross comes back, which I feel like Cross will probably be back earliest war games, ideal would be Rumble, latest, absolute latest would be Mania. But it wouldn't have been somewhere in that time frame, a brunch that Cross comes back and nerfs the absolute hell out of whoever holding, is holding the NXT title. Because there's nowhere else to go with him. You have nothing to do. Because you can't and slow burn him. And that's why you build him back up. Whenever he makes his return, He'll have some matches look as dominant as a force as he as he has and stuff like that. Maybe have a, a marquee feud, but he he's going to be far away from that title picture for a while, man. I, I feel right. like they look at this type of scenario the same day they, the way they did with Finn. It's like, damn, it's like they this, it's like they feel like they've been backstabbed. I know it's not fair because you can't control your injuries, but it's like they don't want to risk the same situation happening. You like I can see it, but I think this is less of a trend or indicator and more of a just freak accident. Because it's a freak accident for Finn too. He ain't he ain't got no universal title shots after that. Yeah, but you gotta look at the climate when Finn came back, and even then it was like they say there are plans for Finn to hold that belt for an extended period, but it's like, are there really plans? And you can argue that Finn wasn't that high as Cross. And also, Cross hurt his shoulder moving a 300-pound man in Keith Lee. Finn hurt his shoulder because of Seth Rollins and a buckle bomb to a um, barricade outside. In defense, that buckle bomb has hurt a lot of people. That's also so. is what I was going to get to. I was like, that's less that you could blame on Finn, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying... 
I'd be damned if you don't bring Cross back and have him nerf whoever is holding that title. Because if you don't, what the hell are you going to do? Because doing that says we screwed up the first go around. And they did. Because Keith Lee should still be your champion. And what they've done is they've made Keith Lee a transitional champion. Adam they Cole should be the champion. The main roster. Um, they put him on the main roster just to pretty much right away in the next two months. It's already looking very bleak for, for Keith Lee. Um, but for Kieran, I, I don't see a way that he's back in the title picture because then you put, you continue to book yourself in the corner with that because there's, there's literally no viable threat to defeat this man if he was to have the title right now and not be hurt. Which we might as well lead into the discussion of where the title is going because, like I said, there's who 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 are the baby faces? Who you don't have a true baby face? You have a tweener in the case of Finn Balor. Yeah, but Finn Balor's been a <clears throat> Finn Balor's been a hill since he turned on uh, Gargano and company uh, when we first got to Wednesday nights. So it's that's never gone away. He has no friends, no allies. The only way you can look at Finn Balor is like, oh, he's the lone wolf. He's going to do what he wants when he wants, stuff like that. But a true baby face? Yeah, none. there's not one. None. You've apparently turned Ciampa Hill. Gargano's still Hill. You said Finn's a tweener. That's still not baby face. Adam Cole and the Shooter Era have always been Hill. Hell, you're showing that you're turning Velveteen Dream Hill. So imagine if you still had this. Uh, surplus of people and Karrion Cross wasn't hurt, wasn't champion. It's like, what are we doing? Simple. Like Jeff said a couple months ago on the show, it just becomes, hey, you got the shit I want, so I'm going to come take it real quick. I feel like that can work, but only for so long. Um, but that's where not where we're at. Obviously, he relinquished the title. And now next week, we have a 60-minute Iron Man match fatal four-way which I don't know what that looks like with four men, but I'm guessing that rules will still apply with the person with the most pinfalls or submissions at the end is the champion. Yep, and I am waiting. I can't wait for it because it is going to be flames. Because you get a full hour, and I'm willing to bet there's going to be very minimal, if any, commercial interruption. Yeah, there shouldn't be. That's how they should do it. Um, so you got Adam Cole, longest reigning champion, Finn Balor, Guy played XT on the map. Ciampa, uh, on the face of the brand, Hard and Soul, and Gargano is the first Grand Slam champion. If not, yeah, first Grand Slam champion of NXT. Now, I feel like the house money is on Adam Cole to win this title back. That's, that's where you're putting your money? I feel like that's the house money for Adam Cole to win this title back because... He was there holding this title for over 300 days, working that schedule, winning the matches. It automatically elevates Undisputed Era back into like that noteworthy territory that, that you want them at, uh, being a faction on the brand. Because, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to give, like, Finn's quest is to, like, put NXT back on the map. I don't think they're going to give it to Finn because I think he has other storylines of necessity. Um. Real I don't quick. Think give it to Gargano because he doesn't need it. And okay. I think it's too soon to give it to Ciampa. All right, so let me just go ahead and shoot through this real quick. If you put the belt on Cole, all that says is that you should have never pulled it off of him to begin with. 
good argument to have. Like, it doesn't matter how we got here, but the belt ends right back on Adam Cole less than 60 days after he lost it, after holding it for close to 400 days, I think. Like, all that says is, you know what? We put ourselves into a corner and we shit the bed a little bit, guys. But let's just reset this. So that's, I'm taking Cole out the equation. It, it would be ideal. And also, I hate to say this, I'm going to sound like you. Cole just left Pat McAfee. How the hell you leave Pat McAfee and then go reclaim and become the second two-time NXT champion? Uh, I'm sorry, the third two-time NXT champion. Uh, exactly. Because he's Adam Cole. <laughs> and again, that's the only way I can put that. Refer back to point A on the diagram of where that admits that you screwed up. And screwed up, they did. So let's go look at the other two, or the other three. Gargano. Eh, my guy's a little lukewarm right now at best. Just a little lukewarm. That's like putting a belt on gender. Like, yeah, you're going to have to convince me and work me into this one. All right. And also, Gargano's title reign was kind of Sasha Banks-esque. Yeah, it was. So. Yeah, I mean, that's actually a case for him, to be honest. But... That's a case against him, too. A strong-ass one. So you, you're going to have to do some convincing and some working with that one. So that moves us on to Tomasa Ciampa. The man's title reign was terror. The man was a terrorist, psychopath, whatever you want to call him. But eh, I'd be damned if that wasn't a good quality. What was that about a good six month reign? I'm sorry. Ooh, yeah, 237 days. He was pushing a year till he got hurt. Great title reign. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. He took it off of Alistair, and I enjoyed it. I felt like that was solid rain. I enjoyed his reign of terror. Had a few classics in there. Cool. Not opposed to it. Problem with that is, prior to him nerfing Jake Atlas, last time we saw him, he was getting nerfed by the man who just relinquished the belt. Just saying. It's like, hey, I couldn't beat the guy that held this belt, but I'm going to take the belt now because the guy, guy that held it is currently out with a bomb shoulder. All right. so thus, that leaves us with the Prince Finn Balor. Yeah, you can make the argument the last thing he was doing was Timothy Thatcher. However, the man has been hot since he's come back and he's just been catching bodies left and right. And he came back and he said, I'm here for one thing. Take what's mine and prove to you that I'm the greatest NXT champion of all time. So why not? Because ideally, you're right. They said there's other storylines. Yeah, ideally, with NXT UK starting back up, you would just pick right back up with uh, Finn and Imperium, which kind of makes sense given what happened in the tag team title match, which we'll get into in a bit. Yeah. However, travel restrictions, still a thing. Don't know <clears throat> how you're going to get Finn over and then possibly get Finn back. And then, or if you want to go the other way, I don't know how you're going to get the big man over and get the big man back. Like, how much NXT UK are you taping in the can at once? Aaron lies the question. So, since you can't work around the travel restrictions and logistics, and I don't think Vince is calling up Donnie for a favor right now, 
logical bet is put the belt on Finn. Let Finn rock until Mania Rumble. Take the belt off of Finn. Say Imperium causes that. And you pick it right back up. And then you just go into Mania Weekend with Finn versus Imperium like planned just a year later. Because also, here's the thing. If Finn wins, every last one of those men have a fair, legit, great, and challenge opportunity. Finn and Johnny have history. Finn and Cole have unfinished business. Finn and Ciampa, not so much, but as easily you can make it in the match. If Gargano or Ciampa wins, they negate the other person from being a challenger. We already are aware that there's a lack of challengers for the NXT title and there's a lack of faces. So with a lack of faces, you're like, okay, cool, we should go challengers. You have a lack of challengers and you're just taking one off because per trips, this is the last time that you two do this shit, okay? I don't give a damn what happens in the future. It's the last time. I don't want to see this anymore. I'm done with it. So if you're going to hold to that, which was just six, four months ago. Yeah, you got to hold to that. So that negates them. And then if you go Cole, Cole and Gargano, I already went through it. It was pretty good. The promos were better, I feel like. The match was great, but the promos and build-up was better. Cole and Ciampa, yeah. uh, You've teased it and played around with it. If I'm not mistaken, you may have done it also. So Cole and Bowler's your only option. And it's like, okay, cool. And then what's next? So just go, Balor. You have all three men. You can use those three to carry you out until Rumble weekend, if not longer. Because I said it on the podcast, it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, man. Just because just it was spoken into this universe. Okay. Well, honestly, I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be a great match. Um, I would say it's one of the more unpredictable matches you can go with here. From what we're going to see in ring to who's going to be standing carrying the flag for uh, the foreseeable future. But interested in seeing it. Interested in seeing where they go uh, with that. Unless you drop Keith Lee back down. <laughs> Which would look like they, they're totally backtracking if they did that. Like That really says that we screwed up. So let's jump. Um, All right. Let's, We've got a we couple more Adam. things to talk about. We talked about Adam Cole, so let's get this one out of here. Kyle O'Reilly was in uh, singles action against Drake Maverick. Um, quick work, too. Something um, to say about Kyle O'Reilly's in-ring work. I've always been a fan, and I think if he wanted to be a singles competitor, um, it would make perfect sense. This match started because Drake Maverick went on social media and called out any member of Undisputed Era um, and if you remember, he was attacked by Mr. Air a couple weeks ago when he was in this match against Killian Dane, a match he should not have been in in the first place. He was pretty much beating the hell out of Killian Dane, which was like gross. By the way, O'Reilly got him out of here quick, actually made him tap with a heel hook submission. And um, a double one. He had him in a knee bar and a heel hook. Mm-hmm. Really nice ending to the match. Then uh, Roddy and Fish actually go get a chair. They're attacking Drake after the match, which. For whatever reason, they teased uh, that O'Reilly didn't like it and was questioning why they were attacking him, just to leave him alone. And he left the ring, and then Killian Dane comes in and makes the save, because Killian Dane was also attacked. Um, you see after the match that Dane and Maverick are 
I don't want to say lock eyes because that sounds weird, but um, they acknowledge each other. It looks like Maverick is going to shake Dane's hand, and I'm I'm happy that Killian Dane did what he did. <laughs> just just knock Drake Maverick down because you know why? Drake Maverick was whooping his ass two weeks ago. Like why 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 did they book it that way? No friends, no allies, just Killian Dane until he he joins Robert Stonebrand. Oh, that man just flatlined Drake Maverick. And that it looked like it hurt. Like that was all stuff. Right. Made no sense. Um, I don't know where they go from here. If I gotta see a Dane Maverick match next week, I'm gonna vomit. Um but it seems like both these men have beef with Undisputed Air still. Yeah, and I think the whole O'Reilly thing with Maverick was like, I think it was a little sympathy where Maverick was just like, hey, just leave him alone. Like, he, you know, he's not, he ain't no threat. He ain't worth it. Just leave him alone. He'll be all right. We'll see. I don't think they're, te- I mean, Undisputed Air just got back to full strength. I don't think they're teasing dissension or anything like that. So, um, but it was definitely an awkward moment to see him. Like, I think he pushed um, Roddy. Like, what are you doing? Back off. Yeah, he did. It's like a little, maybe a little tease. Nothing will yeah, come like, from it. Like, hey, this, this is my kill. Like, I did this. Don't, don't worry about it. I, I don't know. It was noticeable. Then, um, I want to talk about our tag title match last, actually. So we did have a moment. We just mentioned the Robert Stone brand. Um, well, I think I saw an interview with Robert Stone. Was, they said they were looking at all types of talent. Um, still still scouring for talent. Um, we had a tag match. No, no, sorry, we did not. Did we have a tag match? No. We had a match between Mia Yim and Shotzi Blackheart. And the match was supposed to be Mercedes Martinez versus Mia Yim. Robert Stone comes out and says that Mia Yim isn't worth the trouble, that he's not, she's not going to face her, his marquee client. And Shotzi comes in and runs Robert Stone over with a tank, which screams like counter booking to me. I'm starting to get uh, Sammy Guevara golf cart vibes because they keep doing it. <laughs> it's like it was interesting the first week. I don't need to see it happen all the time. It's not funny anymore. But maybe that's just me. Maybe people like to see it. But it's another way for Shotzi to ride in with her tank and helmet, um, which led to an impromptu match with Mia Yim, which a lot of people think that she's on her way out. <sighs> yeah, there's talks. And honestly, I think it's time because you're not going to give her a facelift per se. I thought there might be, I thought this might have been a heel turn moment, but no, she ate her loss and left. As you know, um, She's real life girlfriend of Keith Lee. Keith Lee's now on Monday Night Raw. Mia has kind of seen it all, done it all. She's not uh, scrubbed by any means. She doesn't need any more seasoning. She can definitely go to the main roster. I think sometimes we get trapped in the idea that people have to win a title on in NXT before they get called up. You got to remember Alexa Bliss was never a champion in NXT. Mia Yim can have that same type of career arc. But her dropping this match to Shotzi clean says a lot. So it says a lot about where Mia Yim is in, in the pecking order for the NXT world title and how high they are on Shotzi Blackheart. 
That or I just say that it's more so like, all right, we know Mia's getting up out of here, so we'll just let it be. We'll let her go out. Because the whole thing with NXT is I don't think anybody has left NXT not on their shield. Like, I think everybody goes out on their shield. We should research that because I know there's somebody that's went out on top. Like, um, Sherry Baszler lost the title, but she was still in NXT before going up. She didn't have her like that. It's not like uh, Nakamura and Bobby Roode or Nakamura lost and then call up. Um, yeah, but I think Shayna's last match in NXT was an L. I thought it was the Battle Royal. She didn't. She doesn't have a lot of L's in NXT. I thought it was the Battle Royal. And even at that, look at somebody like... Um, wow, it's just in my mind. It'll come to me, but now, now I got to think about that because I don't think I don't think everybody goes out on a hill. Like Oscar didn't go out on a hill; she was hurt and had to relinquish the title. In a way, that's going out on your shield. In a way, sure. I'm trying to think, who? There's definitely been some guys that have like rode out on top. Kevin Owens? No. No. Because I got NXT title history. Well, hold on. I know KO showed up as champ and gave Cena the business, but he lost to Finn in Japan. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah, I get, well, I get that that's the staple of the, um, the brand. And that's just wrestling in general, like the old school wrestling approach of the territories of when you're leaving the territory, you go out on your shield, you do the favor. That's fair. It's fair. Um, but it, for me, it would feel like Mia Yim didn't have any moments in NXT. So I kinda like that, it's kind of like that role player that just gets the title. It's like Robert Ory. Amen. Which is... Not accurate. Robert Ory had moments. Hey, hey, everybody needs a great utility player. Everybody needs a great James Jones. <laughs> That's what see, James Jones didn't have no moments. Like hell, I don't think James Jones played on those heat teams. <laughs> they just always talked about how great of a shooter he was, but he wasn't in the game. I'm just saying, just saying. That's how I see it. That's fair. And that is the last of Mia Yim. Um, she goes. She would go to a very crowded Raw women's division. That's assuming she's going to Raw. Uh, that's not a big assumption. Usually they keep the couples together. Yeah, but guess what? We're all in one damn location for the foreseeable future. <laughs> Sure, if you want to put it that way, sure. But I mean, Bianca Belair on Raw uh, with her counterpart, Montez Ford, uh, Zelina Vega, Aleister Black. Charlotte and Andrade. Uh, Charlotte and Andrade. They, they usually keep them all in the same, even though they're not involved with one another in programming that often, usually keep them on the same show together. 
Fair enough. Like Mia would probably benefit to go to SmackDown because that women's division could use a, some uptick because like the big elephant in the room ain't back on Raw yet. And she's going to be back soon. Oh, right about Rumble time. She's going to hit that Rumble spot, get that return. Best round and win it. Charlotte Char- Flair not winning back-to-back Rumbles. <laughs> All that, right. That will... <laughs> That will break wrestling Twitter for a few few days if that happens. All right, I ain't even gonna argue and fight it, but I right, do not okay. do not do not put that in atmosphere on this podcast. All right. So speaking of things and putting things in the atmosphere, um, Big Mama Cool and Dakota Kai took on Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. Had a few little promos leading into the match where Kai and Gonzalez were like, "Look, they're not even a team. They don't even right. like each other." Right. Ripley wants what uh, Io has. And Kai's like, look, I'm just going to go ahead and get them out of here and just prove to them that it's still my time. And Big Mama Cool was like, hey, you messed up putting your nose in my business. Ripley's like, hey, I don't care. Eo knows what I want, but I'm going to go ahead and dispose of you real quick. Pretty good matchup. Really, really solid matchup. Especially seeing the tag team work from uh, Kai and Gonzalez, uh, whether they're friends in real life or not. (laughs) I thought the tag team work was very good. And uh, and all the stuff with EO and Ripley was was was, ele- was evident. You can see the unknown tags. The when EO wanted to get a piece of Gonzalez and Rhea was just getting her feel. Um, and I thought they did this match right. Keeps Kai in that spotlight for the women's title. Rhea Ripley's there, but not really there. And you know you know what I love the most about this match. Eo didn't eat the pen. I mean, Eo wasn't going to eat the pen. Eo is the queen of not eating the pen. Like, it virtually never happens. So, kudos to Ripley for taking that pen. Um, albeit, after some interference from the Robert Stone brand and Mercedes Martinez, she went and got her pound of flesh from Rhea Ripley. It would be nice if they just did a triple threat match with all three of them. Gonzalez, Ripley, Martinez, just just make that happen. Big women bumping meat. Yeah, who, who who's the baddest big woman in the company? I'm not opposed to it. At some point, Mercedes, Mercedes and Gonzalez got to cross paths just so you can set this off. Like that I'm way, a, it keeps Kai and Shirai doing her own thing. Yeah, like I might sit that song both EO. I'm sorry, um, Mercedes and uh, Raquel, just because you know we're still waiting and. Determining the end result of the Raquel Gonzalez investigation. <laughs> so until then, I'm just going to play safe and just put money on both of them. But yeah. yeah. You guys got to remember that Jacob said that this is a Raquel Gonzalez Stan podcast. I said it had the potential to be. You called it a Stan podcast. You called it also a uh, called the Believe in NXT page, a, a Stan page. So, um, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you that uh, these allegations are false. All right. Uh, just, you know, just, um, yeah. So where do they go from here? Um, seems like, just very much so like we saw with Swerve and Escobar earlier in the evening of the show. Um, seems like we're carrying these fuse on um, a little bit longer. 
because I think there's another takeover plan for October, so you kind of no point in trying to start anything new outside of the NXT title picture. You just kind of let things roll through a little bit more because you go into Survivor Series where it's brand versus brand versus brand, and then War Games, you usually have your faction feuds or your big feuds already set into each other, so makes sense. But yeah, we got one last thing before we get up out of here. Oh yeah, we do got one last thing. Just one last and, little thing. Um, we had the tag team. T- we actually, we owe an apology to the tag team division because we were definitely flagrant. Um, or at least I was. Pretty flagrant I was going to say, who's these, we? I was pretty flagrant about these tag titles, you know, because uh, they haven't really been in defense, uh, in use with the previous tag team champions. But we got new tag team champions. We got new tag team champions in Brazango. Um, and it's a long time coming. <laughs> hit these air horns. To we got new tag team champs. Um, finally, the tag team division is getting some variants. My God. It seems like Imperium were... And it's like no... That's no shot to Imperium. I love them as a tag team, as a faction, and stuff like that. But that tag team title run was ass. And it's like, it's not even their fault. But I feel like they're not going to get another shot at these, these, uh, these titles for a while just because we got to get more tag teams in the, uh, into the States. But what did you think of the match overall? I really wasn't that impressed by the match, to be honest. I feel like it was a pretty good match. Like, it was a solid opener. It could have been better. But I, I liked it because it showed a different side of Brizongo. Like, okay. from jump, they came through... And just laid them out. Like, cool. Imperium was about to strike that pose, and Brizango was like, nah, we're going to hand just stop this now. Just let you know, we are here today. There was no gimmicks, no frills. Like, that little serious switch that they hit, it's like, okay, yeah. Cool. I mean, this was the reason they called them down to NXT in the first place to finally uh, add to the tag team division, win the belt. So, of course, uh, Fandango got hurt. Um, but you can tell this was the plan for all along for Breezango, and I'm actually very happy for them as a tag team because it didn't happen on SmackDown or Raw. They've been entertaining us for five years, which seems like a long time. And they've been they've been together just as long as New Day, or somewhere around there. Yeah, um, they have with nowhere near the same amount of success for whatever yeah, reason. No, nowhere near, and you can argue that they're just as entertaining, comical, and whatnot. And hopefully they bring that same type of joy to and, um, NXT. And golly, just give me the fashion files. Back. I was about to say, maybe you get fashion files back. Give me the fashion police. Give me the fashion files. Like that's something that Imperium can't do. Imperium can cut up a good promo, but as far as entertainment factor, it's holding the gold and um, being able to cut a promo without actually working a match. I think this was why that's the right decision to put the belts on Bruce Angle right here. Now we won't complain about the division so much that at least you'll see your champions. Yeah, and I think Imperium is probably getting shipped across the pond somehow. Maybe you run it back. But while we do get a little more focus on the tag team division, it still poses and presents the same damn question of what the hell are we going to do next? Like, I think it looks like it's setting up for Legado del Fantasma. Which I'm not mad at. But it's like, after you run that for two, three months, what the hell are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know, man. They got to, um, 
I have no idea. I have no idea. Cause I, I think you're, you're right about the Legato del Fantasma. They, they probably slide in right there. But then after that, then what? Undisputed Era? Yeah. And then what? You gotta have some, it has to be more. Like, who are you going to go steal off the independence, or who are you going to go steal from AEW? Because if I'm a tag team in AEW, there's no way in hell I'm leaving Khan and Cody to go to NXT. That's true. That's true. There is no way. Like, unless I'm SCU and I'm like at the end of my run and I'm like, you know what? Let me just go get the bag real quick and hit a retirement tour. But even then, it's just like, nah, ain't nobody leaving. Nope. No chance. No chance of that at all. Um, so maybe they will run it back with him. No, maybe they will run it back with Imperium for a title shot. Just uh just to like get Imperium off into another feud. I'm still I'm still waiting on Imperium to cross pass with uh Undisputed, like you were saying. I, I wonder when they're gonna see that up again. Whenever you can figure out what you're doing with the big man, like it's all pending upon Walter. Balls around Walter. So as long as Walter is stagnant, that this faction ain't going nowhere. It's like, and it becomes, well, all right, we got NXT UK up and running now. So we kind of need our champ and we also need our biggest draw and they just happen to be the same person. That's true. Oh, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, well, what do we do? But doesn't matter. While we figure out an era, we got two possible feuds with UE, hell, actually three, UE, Imperium, and Legato del Fantasma. Doesn't matter. Let's celebrate and end this podcast on a good, positive note that Tyler Breeze and Fandango have finally broke through the glass ceiling and captured their first championships in WWE, main roster or not. Like he went from bridesmaid to finally being the bride. Shout out yeah, to that boy, huge. Tyler Breeze. That's huge, because... Um... For a while, when Tyler Breeze got back and he was kind of doing the solo thing when Dango was hurt, um, he was t- he was very vocal about like, hey, he's content with his position in the company and in wrestling. Um, if you know him personally or from social media, you see that he started his wrestling school, stuff like that. I think he was all right with just not having the title or having a title, but he was rewarded, which is cool. And you know what? Um, that's what I wanted to bring up. Uh, I, I don't know if you watch Up, Up, Down, Down, but it's sometimes more entertaining than actual product. <laughs> like, no no lie. And Tyler Breeze is the Up, Up, Down, Down champion. And he had a, a bit for SummerSlam, the Super SummerSlam Super Spectacular, where he pretty much Medusa the Up, Up, Down, Down title and brought a new title in. Wow. A new a left, right, left, right title. Now, <laughs> that, that episode is an hour long but if you skim through it it is hilarious like seeing the the funny side of cesaro adam cole and all those people even Samoa joe you'll you'll crack up you'll enjoy your time watching that 
think I'm going to have to add that to my watch list. Well worth your time. But yeah, also, I was going to say, Breeze has always been the bridesmaid that could always put on a banger of a match. Breeze was Dolph Ziggler without the accolades. What a way to describe that. <laughs> Is it not and accurate, I, though? And I agree with you. Because I'm thinking back to take over 30 against, I think it was Velveteen for the North American title. At take over 25, I'm sorry. That match was a banger. So yeah, again, props to them. Hopefully this is a lengthy title reign because both of them deserve it. Right, they do. And let them cook. Maybe you'll even throw the Punjabi Punishers in there for the hell of it. Yeah. Wherever they're at. In purgatory and punishment for spoiling Keith Lee's moment. Soon, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. As long as it gives me Malcolm Bivens, I'll live. Yeah, more Bivens. More Bivens is necessary. Exactly. Free my free Malcolm Bivens. Get that hashtag started. That could possibly be a thing. <laughs> Till one of us gets slandered by Bivens on Twitter. One of the more, most entertaining Twitter followers you, you'll have. Definitely. Without a doubt. But yeah, this has been uh, the Believe in NXT podcast. I believe we've covered everything today, right? I think we've got everything. I mean, until we see what happens next week in the preview episode when we talk about the Fatal Four, um, which we know is going to be half, exactly half of the show. Yeah. Yep. It's actually crazy. That's going to be like actually half of the show. I mean, hey, 60 minutes, Shotty. Go big or go home. They got to do what they got to do. Exactly. And we'll give you our picks next week when we come back on Monday. Are we going to come back on a Monday with a preview show? We could. Or on Absolutely Tuesday? Good. No, we'll come on Tuesday. We'll, we'll, for this, you'll get the preview show before Tuesday night to NXT at some point. Yeah. We'll, we'll give you our picks for the show. Who thinks going to happen? Uh, and of course, maybe we even uh, give you a little, little, little recap of payback. Yeah, we we might talk a little payback. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he says. All right. When I text you Sunday night, you'll you'll know why. <laughs> but what else we got for the beautiful people besides these air horns? Uh, that is it. Other than please go check out the interview, the episode with King Coley, the belt guy, Mr. Title Tuesday. Mr. Talk to me, baby. Go check that out. Me and Seth retweeted back on the timelines. Coley came through and sat down and chopped it over with us for a couple hours. You know, hit play, sit back, enjoy the first part now, come back for the other part later. It's all good. It's all one big episode. Take your time with it. Digest. Enjoy the gems. And we talk about the man of a thousand and one belts and what got him started. I mean, other than that, just like, yeah, other than that, just like, share, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter at underscore J Della at said underscore says at C E W D underscore S A Y S. And um, 
that's about it, really. Although we do got a couple changes coming your way in the coming weeks, which, you know, we'll give you a little bit more details about. So have no fear. Said might finally get his wish about having new artwork. I will tell you that much. Wow. I haven't asked about that in a long time. Hey, man. I'm for the people here. You also haven't made that TikTok account, but we're not going to bring that up because you started that promise back in pandemic in April. But hey, it's all good. I have the TikTok account. I have not made a video. Disclaimer. It's all good. I have, but I might start making TikTok videos just because Trump don't like it. We'll see. Jesus. And on that note, perfect way to go. Giving us the go home cue. I'm Jacob. That said, this has been the Believe in NXT podcast. This is your Saturday morning audio dope. Until we come back some point early part of next week, we're out of here. Out.